60 of the wheel. This week it's a bit different. In this episode we're going to be talking about gratitude but it's from a talk that was recorded by myself, Jenny and Claire Keeley for the Mercian Gathering which was held again online and so we did a little workshop that we recorded via Zoom. I hope you enjoy this part of it. Hello, Mercy and Gathering. So it is so good to see everybody again, even if it is virtually. So today I'm joined by Hazel and Claire, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Lammas, the harvest, autumn equinox and gratitude. So hello, Claire. Hello, good morning and welcome. <laughs> How are and hello, you? Hazel. Hello. <laughs> Afternoon all. <laughs> so the Mercian gathering usually falls between Lammas and the autumn equinox. And it's the time of year that kind of connects us to the harvest, abundance, you know, first the wheat harvest and then the fruit harvest. And it's an, often a time that we stop between the work of the harvesting and preparation for the winter ahead. And it's also time that we pause and give gratitude for all the bounty that we have in our lives. So today we are going to be talking about some of our memories of the Mercian. There's going to be a short guided meditation. We're going to be talking about some gratitude practices. And then we're going to have a little bit of a share from the meditation that we've done. So to begin with, uh, a little while ago, Anna asked us to all share some of our favourite memories of the Mercian over on the Facebook page. So I think if I start us off, I think one of my favourite memories of the Mercian was the very first year that um, I jumped the Wicker Man. So I have some disabilities that include mobility issues and my balance is really terrible. And I was absolutely terrified to do it. And I remember, I think it was in my second or third year of coming to the Mercian, that um, Dennis, the guy that we usually see behind the camera, he came up to me and he said, you want to have a go, don't you? And I said, I do, but I'm worried. I've got problems with my health. And he just looked over and he said, in a little while, when it's all died down, there's going to be kids jumping that fire. He said, let me have a word uh, with the Dagda and explain what's going on. And I'm sure that you can be helped across. And I remember that very first year that I did it. And as I jumped, I wanted to leave behind some of my fear and my anxiety around my health and around my mobility. And it really did help. So what about you, Claire? What about your memories of the Mercian? Samosas. They had the best samosas I've ever eaten in my life. You may remember that I did like a samosa and I took a box of 10 home, but only three made it home. Um, one of my best memories, though, was of, of you, Jen, dressed in your butterfly wings, uh, flapping around uh, towards the fire. Uh, you did not, not scarily towards the fire, but the sort of uh, I loved the sort of symbology like you said about leaving things behind and putting on your butterfly wings I think I took some photos of you which I haven't got mercifully <laughs> I'm sure you're pleased about that 
But my other favourite thing was the the lady that did the talk. Um, she was a cunning lady. Do you remember? They also yeah. had the cape stalls, and I bought a cape. But the um, the sort of she told the stories of Alice, the cunning woman. Yeah, that was one of my favourite things. But the uh, just the, the whole experience of being a community for that weekend was just just a brilliant experience. I really really enjoyed it. And what about you, Hazel? What are your Mercian memories? I think, first of all, the Dagda, our very own pagan security detail and their little ways that you usually hear in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, and I think, for me, the procession to the field for the burning of the Wicker Man and seeing all those pagans together. And so feeling like part of a big community rather than just the usual local little group of ten or so. And I also remember one year you acted in one of the plays. That was absolutely amazing. Can you tell us what that one was about? Oh, I think that was all about the environment and the need to protect it. And I think I was an advertising executive of some description. (laughs) I don't suppose any of them ever looked like I did. (laughs) (laughs) They might do. So again, it's this idea of being thankful. And I know it's been a tough time for a lot of people, hasn't it, this year? It's been a crazy 18 months and it's been so long since we've had the opportunity to meet up in person and do things. But I think even in challenging times, we can find things to be grateful. And I know that Hazel, Claire and I all engage in lots of different types of gratitude practices. So, Hazel, have you got a gratitude practice that you'd like to share? I was going to talk about daily gratitude practice and the idea of having three gratitudes. And it's a practice that I'm starting really myself. I came across a TED talk by someone called Sean Aker about positive psychology as well as being very entertaining, it also made a lot of sense and gratitude features in it as part of training our brains to be more positive. The premise is of a thing called the happiness advantage. Most of the news we see or hear is negative, so our brain starts to think that that's the actual ratio of negativity to positivity. How we view the world shapes our reality. So if we only see and hear about negative events, That's our view on the world. If we can change, we will be happier, improve our learning ability and our job performance. But there's a common misconception, which is along the lines of, if I work harder, I'll be more successful and then I'll be happier. But that's the wrong way round, because every time you have a success, you change the goalposts for success. If you hit a target, you then have to hit a higher target. Happiness advantage is when the brain is positive, it experiences happiness and it performs better. So by finding three gratitudes every day, your brain starts to retain a pattern of scanning the world for positivity, not negativity. Also, if you're being grateful, then your capacity for being negative diminishes. You just can't do both at the same time. And journaling about positive things helps our brains to relive the positive. So when to do it, and that can vary according to what's best for you. For example, the process of reflecting and appreciating what you have when you wake up 
creates a sense of calm, which can have a trickle down throughout your day. Or at night, if you want to wake up happy, then try doing your gratitudes at night just before you go to sleep. And suggestions for just basic things to be grateful for. You could start off as today I'm grateful for my health, my family, my children, my friends, my neighbours, your support work and try to be as specific as possible. Your pet, make sure to name them. The opportunities that you've got that are available to you. Because in getting your mind to start seeing the world in a different way, you will see things you never noticed before. And the thing is, if you're looking for a reason to be unhappy, say bitter about what you don't have, you'll always find it. So why not appreciate what you have? You will find reasons to do that and it will change everything. Oh, thank you for that, Hazel. I mean, I do do daily gratitudes. I've got, I've trained myself so much that I can't sleep now unless I've written down my three things to be grateful for. And I know that Claire and I, uh, we're in a local community where, uh, just online, where we share the things that we're grateful for. And if you're having a, a tough day, it can be really helpful to be reminded of the things that other people are grateful for because you either relate to that and it resonates with you or alternatively you're just grateful that they're grateful for it what do you think of that Claire? Yeah definitely I think with the uh, when we do our gratitudes on uh, this little well-being group we're in if you're having a really tough day and you know and you know you see somebody else is happy for something it does it does help you think oh yeah that's a lovely thing I'm really glad that happened and equally I mean I can remember somebody one of their gratitudes once was orange squash and it made me think, wow, actually, they're probably having a really tough time. And actually what's going on in my world is, you know, not not to, you know, um, denigrate what's, you know, the things that are causing me to be down. But this person, obviously, they were really struggling to find gratitude, but they still found it. And albeit orange squash being one of them. And I think it's a helpful for perspective sometimes as well. So I know that you're going to share a different gratitude practice with us Claire you're going to be talking about a jar of joy so what exactly is a jar of joy well a jar of joy or a gratitude jar a jar of blessings or a happiness jar now I first heard it described as a happiness jar and although I'm usually a disgustingly positive person um, usually you know where I am I'm usually with the loudest laugh and making a lot of happy noise Every now and then, I, you know, obviously life doesn't always doesn't always play the game. And, you know, sometimes I'm down, not very often. But this was, um, was about six years ago, coming up six years ago. And I we had just lost my cousin who was, um, was much more like a big brother to me. Um, and, you know, we were ever so close. And it was although we'd been poorly, it wasn't expected. So it was quite a shock. And I was struggling a bit to come to terms with it. And I heard a radio interview with a lady called Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, the film, it's Julia Roberts in it. And But what she was talking about was her book, Big Magic, um, um, which is about creativity and sort of exploring, finding happiness and losing barriers and things through that. But something she said on the radio um, about happiness was happiness is the consequence of personal effort. You fight for it, strive for it. 
insist upon it, and sometimes even travel around the world looking for it. You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestations of your own blessings. And I remember driving along, I was driving to work thinking, well, that's all very well when things are going well. What about when things aren't going well? You know, here I am mourning this person who, who died before they should have been. And I kind of put it on the back burner. And she was talking about these blessing jars and gratitude jars. And I'm thinking, well, my cup's quite empty right now. Grumble, grumble, grumble. That must have been about the November. And then come New Year, there was a meme or I think it was a meme going around on Facebook. And it was about having a jam jar and putting all the good things in it to pull out later on. And I thought, you know, I could probably do with that right now. And then I remembered this thing about Elizabeth Gilbert. So I looked her up a bit. And yeah, that's what that's one of the suggestions she had was to write down good things that happen to you, things you're grateful for equating happiness and gratitude because I think when you are grateful for the small things you have you tend to be happier and sometimes we know it's not the people with everything and everything going their way they're actually the happiest so what you do is you need a jar this is like a Dow Egbert's jar and you could either have post-it notes paper or I had some little notepads my kids bought me back my was my daughter bought back from Germany these beautiful peacocks on it so I used them and because it was sort of um in, in January I decorated it first off with a um snowflake but I added bits to it throughout the year just to to, to liven it up and in it I recorded memories now I don't this could be a bit random because I don't know what these memories are going to be. The idea being, and these are from 2016, so they are quite random, um, but you, you pull them out at some point when you need a little bit of a G up, and it reminds you of, of what is what is good in your world. And I think when you're struggling to find something good, I did find a really good um, website called therapistaid.com. And they've got a worksheet on there that's listed all the things like Hazel said about, I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for my friends. And it's got all the really basic things. So if you're really, really struggling, like with your mental health, you think, well, you know, I'm alive, but that's about it. You, you know, I can remember sitting there and one of my gratitudes once was watching the, the sun play on the water and in the bath. And that was the only thing I could be grateful for in that moment. But it was a beautiful moment. So out of my jar... Oh. A beautiful backwalk at Vinters with Lou by Moonlight. With this, my, my best friend Lou, we'd gone on a backwalk with the local wildlife trust. And it was literally, I think it was about 10 o'clock at night. And we went down to the lake. And of course, it must have been about 10 o'clock because bats come out at twilight, don't they? And we'd got these bat boxes that recorded the noises. So what will make makes the noises that they make that are so high pitched we can't hear them. And these bats are swooping past us, but we can't hear them. We've got these back boxes and they're going, and you can hear all these wonderful noises and you can see all these nocturnal animals. I've forgot, I've completely forgotten about that. That was Friday the 20th of May that I was, I was of 2016. And it's, it's things like that. They bring back memories. And I, was, I don't know what these are. Oh, mum's 70th birthday weekend in the Ashdown Forest with mum, dad, me, Mark, Dan, so Paul, Nicky, John, Jill, Graham, Julie, Emma, Scrumpy and Marley. So that was March that year. Sad, pota sad potatoes. Me and my sister-in-law, Nikki, we, um, we were trying to make the roast potatoes. 
And she forgot about them and they all mashed to the bottom of the thing. So we were like, oh, stuff it. So we scooped them out, peeled some more. We've got this pile of half cooked sort of some were mushy, some weren't. And I just, and I'd got, I'd got some um, rosemary and shallots and garlic and I'll stuff it, mixed them in, covered them in a bit of fat and just chucked them in the, thought, see what they do. And it was a mixture of mashed and roast potatoes that they absolutely devoured and we called them sad potatoes. And every year I have to make sad potatoes now. And then, <laughs> Just from there, Pictionary, we played a game, we had a, a game of Pictionary there and the chicken eggs, we got chicken eggs and because it was Easter, it was when we had the, um, the Hurricane Jude hit us that year and uh, my sister-in-law was hiding, We got although all the, kid, the kids, the youngest one was 18 at the time, we were hiding, we got a big thing of, of chocolate eggs, we were hiding them around this farmhouse we were staying in and Nikki, my sister-in-law, literally had them up her sleeve and was going past the kids and putting them down next to them and there were chickens next to us and, and um, some goats and it's got family with a heart so that was just a beautiful time and that was when I was 70th and that was a tough time because mum had, um, had been diagnosed with cancer but I was by then I was writing things down and it really made me think of all the little things as the big things. And I think that uh, there was a quote, a friend gave me a little plaque. It's downstairs and it says friendship isn't a big thing. It's a thousand little things. And I think with gratitude, sometimes it's not being grateful for all the big things, but it's all those little things that you suddenly think, wow, that's that, you know, five little things can be as important as one big thing, especially when you're struggling. And this is, um, Oh, joint birthday party, just us and 50 friends. Happy days, even if I did tidy it all up as Mark cleared off to the pub with Jim. And that was on the 10th of April that year. Yeah, Jim came round, our friend Jim came round to collect something he'd left behind and ended up taking my husband down the pub, leaving me with a messy house to clear up, but, which is pretty standard for the thing. But yeah, and it's you can, you know, you can put in whatever you want in there and there's, there's happy things. There's probably some simple things like, oh, Sue's, MS fundraiser angel cards all about creativity write that book that'll be our Sue won't it who mm -hmm. came to the Mercian so that was obviously before our book was published wasn't it yeah so yeah so it's little things like that that um just you know they're lovely to look back on it's a lovely way of recording it and my friend she she lost her son earlier this year and she from when she knew he was going to pass away she had 42 days till he died but she's done something every day with him and she wrote it down and she did a similar thing, but in like a special box for his memories. And as much as it's difficult for her to look at now, in a few years time, that'll be a lovely box of all, all the good things that happen. And I think when bad stuff does happen, it is really difficult to find them. But once you start finding the little things like, you know, a friend texted me a funny thing today or sent me a picture of a kid covered in ice cream, you start finding all the little things and then the bigger things happen. And it, you attract, you definitely, definitely, I think there's a vibrancy and a frequency that changes and you attract much better things. And I found this lovely quote that gratitude makes sense of our past brings peace for today and creates a vision for tomorrow. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful, Claire. Thank you. And you could see your whole energy change when you I'm collect. Gonna have a look at the rest of them in later on. <laughs> memories, sort well, of thing. You can keep them, and you can. Yeah. You know, this is 2016 in a jar. You know, it doesn't have to be. It could be a box or an envelope. You know, you can use whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I've done it with my youth group and they all absolutely loved it. And what we do is um, we start them off in January and then we share them December. 
the last um, session before we break up for the holidays. And just to see how the girls have grown in that year is absolutely beautiful. So thank you for that, Claire. So my gratitude practice is gratitude letters. Now, I think we might all remember being little niblets and being forced to write our Christmas letters, thanking people for the presents that we got. And by golly, we thank our mums for making us do it. It's made us the fine women you see here today. So the thing with a gratitude letter, you could send an email, but I think there is something really special about handwriting a letter to somebody you are particularly grateful for in your life. So in our busy, busy world, handwriting has fallen by the by, hasn't it? But it's a perfect opportunity to slow down. And I think it is an anecdote to our fast-paced lives. And I think your recipient will be absolutely happy to receive mail in the post that isn't a bill. So alternatively, you could go out and hand deliver your letter to your person. And I think that shows an extra little bit of effort, doesn't it, in thanking a person. So again, when we were researching this, I came across Professor Steve Topfer, who did a study in 2007, and he reported that undergraduate students experienced increased levels of life satisfaction and happiness, as well as a decrease in symptoms of depression, just by doing this really simple practice. So first of all, choose who you're going to write to. It might be a friend or a family member, could be a co-worker or a teacher. Or this year, it might be somebody who has particularly helped you during lockdown. Or maybe it'd be an opportunity to reconnect with someone that you're particularly missing. So to write your letters, first of all, don't worry about your spelling grammar or less than perfect handwriting it's all about the contents uh, not the style of it again like hazel said be really specific about the things that you're grateful for describe it share how that person has influenced you inspired you or somehow impacted on your life keep it short you're not writing war and peace just a few paragraphs will demonstrate your gratitude. It doesn't have to be overly long or obsequious. Short and heartfelt will do the trick. And finally, if for any reason you cannot physically send the letter to the person, perhaps they've passed away or perhaps you're no longer in contact, you can still write that letter and it will still give you that healing effect or a sense of closure. Quite often, if I am writing a letter, I will just put it on the, the fire of the evening and let the fire transform it and take it wherever it needs to go. So, I mean, Hazel, have you ever written gratitude letters? I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure if I have. I mean, one thing I know is it's important is that if you can and someone has helped you or supported you, to say thank you. Hmm. Because quite often we don't and you find that actually just a thank you means a lot to people. And it shows, you know, that you appreciate them. 
and it's I think we do all want that little bit of you know appreciation and external validation what about you Claire Obviously, I've written thank you letters as a child um, and for presents and, and gifts and things. I haven't sat down and written them as you, like you suggested. But what I do do is where I see, um, I think we're very quick to complain in, in modern society. So I do go out of my way to write a thank you email for a service I've received or if someone has gone out of their way um, the doctors, the hospital, a shop to, to do something for me. I do really try to go onto their website and thank Sue for her really good customer service today because I think if you get that email, I know we where where I used to we used to pass them on and to have somebody, you know, you'd be able to say to somebody in supervision or you know, got a comment or a really good um uh you know a thank you from your colleagues for this. It you go, oh thank you. It it does make a difference. As Jenny says in the recording that there is a meditation that form part of this talk and that's going to be available on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and see you next week. Bye. Bye.